0: For the last time, welcome back to the Bitter podcast, where we were a queer uh, legend of Korra super fan podcast. Um, I'm your host Derek riding I'm joined by someone who I would always be willing to go on a spirit world vacation with, Sam Standish.
1: After the past couple months, it's just the only thing I want right now.
0: I it does that does sound really nice. Like even like on the like. Um, very unsubtle, like girl dating uh, vibes going on there. It's like that. Also, just does sound nice to go on a spirit vacation
1: with it's a. You know, I,
0: I bet there. If if our podcast were
1: twenty percent more popular, we would have shippers who are you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> truthers about our secret relationship. And I feel like. It statistically there's one I've didn't we find <laughs> well we found out that we have like a big li- listenership in like Russia or something oh <laughs> I, fr- I forgot when I would look at those yeah um but uh that's like that one person in like Eastern Europe who like is really obsessed with us um but yes I know I feel like to clarify that sounded like this was the last time we're ever doing literature though no, this is just the last Legend of Korra episode we are doing Yeah, ever (laughs) well you know the avatar studios is supposedly
1: hard at work on various things and so who knows maybe they'll do a legend of korra movie or miniseries at some point and so it could come back
0: yes but for now this little this little thing that happened for four years is done yes I, I was thinking about that while I was watching um, and I guess we can get into it, but it's like a lot of this doesn't feel like a finale of like a show at large. It kind of feels like a season finale in some ways, but in other ways it does feel like a series finale. I, I, I feel like all my like complicated emotions about the show really were like coming up as I was like wrapping this one up. I don't know if you felt the same. I
1: know what you mean. I mean, it. it's hard to compare to the four-part finale of Avengers yeah. <laughs> that is like wrapping up every single thing. Uh but, but I do think
0: yeah.
1: I just I feel like once they get to the wedding and they're having all those different scenes, it does feel very serious finale, but the like the final battle-y stuff make is very season finale, but that's how core has always been like individual seasons or whatever. So that's yeah. their
0: thing. That's, that's their whole vibe um yeah it's i i mean the animation is really gorgeous but i like the fact that we it was easy for us to just like split these up into individual episodes is very telling like you could not talk about the avatar finale um out like without the context of the rest of the finale episodes um and this yeah i mean it was good i liked it i like it as a finale i don't know how i feel about it as like a series finale i do like you said that final scene feels tacked on in that way where it's just kind of like okay and since this is the final episode we have to wrap things up found it very weird that Corin Bolin boleyn get no one-on-one screen time in this at all i like very bizarre I like i feel like my re like re-watching book four my big takeaway honestly was like i don't remember the cast just like not interacting like, this much. I don't remember it being this, like, disparate. Maybe it was just because it was, like, a week-to-week thing, and, like, book three was still, like, pretty fresh in my mind, so I was just, like, okay, yeah, like, the this is, like, I just felt like I wasn't missing that dynamic, but on this watch-through, I was just, like, are they friends still? Can't really tell. <laughs> like, the fact that Bolin's final moment of the show is with Varric and Julie is weird. <laughs> it is.
1: I well i did some what's that called like when you look back on something and like make it logical
0: (laughs) um justify i just
1: i just justified it in this episode by i'm sort of i'm i'm intrigued by mako and bolin's characters this season as experiments in like what you do okay let me backtrack you further book four (laughs) is about Korra being like what does the avatar do when the world has like left you behind and decides it doesn't need you anymore Mako and Bolin's book for is like, what does someone do when they were so close with the Avatar and then the Avatar has left them behind and doesn't need them anymore? And it's like, I you you think being part of Team Avatar is this like lifelong position, but it doesn't have to be. And if the Avatar suddenly doesn't want you around, you it's so hard to grapple with the fact that you used to be like well, you were plucked out of anonymity to be like at the center of the world stage, and now you have nothing. <laughs> and so it's, it's interesting. And now, and yeah, Bolin and Cora didn't interact basically all season. And so I, there is really no reason for them to interact other than that. It is a TV show, and they're supposedly best friends.
0: Yeah, that's the, it's especially the fact that they like, invoked Tano, like Tano is here, obviously not voiced by Raymond R- Malik. Um, I, that I couldn't believe that was the callback we received. I mean, it's like, again, it's like one of those things to sort of transport yourself back into kind of like reminds me a lot of like June coming back in to the Avatar finale where you're like, oh, yeah, people were like obsessed with her and like, really wanted to see her again. That's it's like, okay, yeah, that was like a thing. People were obsessed with Tano at the time because like on a week to week basis and your cast is what like six people, of course, people are going to be obsessed with one of them. Um. So
1: he he broke the mold. He was like so different from every other character. So it made sense.
0: Yes. He feel. I mean, if I feel like if he weren't voiced by Rami malik it like Tano would have been more of uh, like a bigger presence Mm. in the show. Um, The sugar light of it all. (laughs) Um. So I I, it was just like a cute little callback. I forget where I was going with this, but oh yeah, just thinking about like book one. Um how that whole storyline was so much about, like, Bolin's feelings on Korra. Like, that was such a big deal. Um, And now it's kind of, I guess, now that Bolin and Opal are together, again, who I don't think we see at all.
1: I don't think (laughs) we've seen her since Operation Beifong.
0: Like, we don't get any resolution with Opal and Bolin either. It's like, that (laughs) would have been a nice thing to get, just, like, a little scene of them being cutesy um it's just it feels like i don't know like we said with otto i've been thinking a lot about like cora cora has makes me gives me thoughts more so about like the sort of culture around it like the fandom culture around it and the production culture around the show more than i think about the actual show itself which is weird that is damning i would say (laughs) (laughs) i don't like i i feel like I Like Korra, I love book three of Korra. I think it stands up there with Avatar. I there was a time I think I would have said book four does too, but I like on rewatch it doesn't. Um, at all, I also <laughs> would have been like,
1: it's like, yeah, it's like book three is my number one, and then book four is like one A, but now I'm like, literally just watch book three.
0: <laughs> yeah, book three is, I mean, it is like its own nice little story that feels a little more complete, not even a little, it just feels a lot more complete in so many ways, um, especially. the kubira of it all i i remember her being a lot more complicated back in the like when i first watched this but now it's just like we get a big like dump of like stuff about her that we didn't know i guess cora knew at some point it's like would have loved like in the whole episode to get to know kubira a little better this we are the same thing needed to come in like
1: Seven episodes ago. <laughs> like, it's it, it, yeah. for the it, and, and then it could come back here where like maybe that's when they could like have this conversation that like resolves everything and Kubira decides to give in. But like at the very end, after they've been like attacking each other on site the entire time, we needed an episode where Korra and Kubira were like stuck together and could only survive by doing by like working together or something. And then at the end, blah blah blah. And it's kind of like they uh blue spirit episode in that way i guess but it, i feel like they were trying kind of like made some visual references to that episode anyway in this part where Korra like knocked them out of the top of the robot and then she she was trying to talk to kubira and then like as soon as kubira woke up she like blasted at Korra with the rock and i feel like that's exactly what happens with zuko and ang but like i we it's we just didn't we needed more there need, like I said last episode, there needs to be more connection there way earlier so that I could, like, care about Kuvira. It, she doesn't... She could be anyone. She could be any woman. And she is.
0: <laughs> she is every woman. Um, Yeah, I, I agree. It's like Korra needed to face Kuvira. I feel like you even, like, pinned that, like, before episode five of the season. Like, the fact that that's the first time they interact at all or, like, Korra even is, like, aware of her existence is, like, strange. And, like, Cora says something in this episode. I think she says something like, I would have done anything to feel like I was in control after a poisoning. It's like, okay, maybe Cora should have been, like, working with Kuvira, like, in the beginning of this, like, season. Like, I think that's a way better, like, approach to this whole idea. Is like, maybe Cora in the beginning of the season only sees the good sides of what Kuvira is doing. Is like, yeah, totally. Like, we need to restabilize Um, the Earth Kingdom, and then you get that twist of Kuvira is actually the bad person, and Kuvira has all this other stuff going on. Then this works a lot better, like you said, but it's like the fact, it it almost feels like they were trying to do two things at once. They wanted to have a sort of like book three fallout storyline go on, but they also wanted to have an entirely new conflict, and it's like they couldn't figure out how to make those two gel together, at least in 13 episodes.
1: (laughs) Are we are the internment camps over or are they still <laughs> happening
0: that's fully what i was thinking too is like this like people like uh, they were more worried about like Kuvira's as a dictator but like in this episode they weren't addressing like what that means like we didn't even get i feel like we needed almost like the airship like b plot of yeah the avatar finale of like we need to fucking free these people from these internment camps like we're we're not even gonna like address it at all in this episode it's like kubir's dictatorship is sort of just assumed because that's how she's positioned in the narrative it's like we don't ever really see her at least in the finale all she's doing is just like firing a big laser which is scary sure but it's like okay but like when she's done firing the laser we kind of need to address like why are we why do we even need to stop her in the first place it's because she's doing all these other fucked up things it's yeah it, everything about this just feels like a half measure
1: the air nomads have been established as this like fbi agency and so like i think that the air Shiffy plot thing is a really good call out where it's like we could have seen them infiltrating the like biggest one of these camps or whatever it's like you can't you cannot introduce the concept of these like prison camps with like cleared nazi parallels <laughs> without ever bringing it back into the pl- story to like end the internment camp like you it's such a loaded concept also oh my god could not believe that this is another thing that they just simply didn't resolve with like it's a very real world issue that like out of nowhere is not even talked about again but like the resolution of the spirit portal thing for the president is like we're not going to rebuild the center of the town we're going to expand further out into the land when it's like Um, int- but one of the m- most sympathetic issues that the Earth Kingdom has is that Aang and Zuko took part of their land in order to create Republic City, whoa. and now all we're doing is taking more of it to create more Republic City.
0: Like wait, yeah, why was <laughs> after this whole season is about like an an Empress like trying to take people's land away from them, like, you know, like like you're saying, you want someone to expand their land? That's what you want us to think is good?
1: And I'm sure that they're, I'm sure that Republic City owns land outside of the city limits of Republic City or whatever, and they're expanding onto land, like far, like grassland that they already yeah. own. But it's like, that's such, a, that's such a clear political statement after the earth empire is like, we want our country back.
0: Yeah, it's like, oof, <laughs> ooh, we're gonna expand our subdivisions of <laughs> Republic City. It's like cool. I don't think I cared about that. <laughs> I wasn't really worried about. Never that. would
1: have thought about them because, like, they didn't try to expand into the Spirit Wilds that were already there, and so I never would have assumed that they would try to, whatever.
0: It was very weird. I, <sighs> yeah, I. <sighs> It's, I feel like the whole spirit thing of it all is just like, again, just not addressed. Like the fact that we got that one scene of Korra trying to appeal to the spirits and they're like, we don't get involved in this. And then we have that weird shot of them like reappearing around the spirit portal. I'm like, what am I supposed to feel about this? Am I supposed to be happy? Am I supposed to be like, where the fuck were they? <laughs> like, it's a weird, they just didn't know what to do with the spirits after book two, honestly.
1: yeah. My thing that I realized this ep- this episode on this rewatch is they set up in the first episode. It's like the, fir- it's like the second line. Korra, you've always excelled at the physical side of being the Avatar, but you don't know anything about the spiritual side. And while Korra has matured a lot and has changed as a person, I don't think that that has really changed. I just think that she has dealt with the physical aspects of the spirit world. Like, she... <laughs> has gone to the spirit world and like done stuff in the spirit world but she hasn't like centered herself and like done the meditative like understanding of the spirit world she just goes there and like beats people
0: up literally it's like um it's like thank god for cora that like the spirits are basically just digimon i guess like yeah. they're these <laughs> like creatures like silly little creatures you can talk to but yeah like we didn't even get to see her like when she tried to like make um a resolution with the spirits it didn't work and that was kind of just it so i guess it's like she still has a lot of work to do like is that where we're supposed to get out of that i don't know <laughs> yeah
1: it's, it didn't really i mean like because the weapon was the spirit thing but then i don't even think that like what does a spirit portal appearing in republic city even like i just don't think it, i don't think it was really building to that i don't think no, the yeah we like, like <laughs> we need to be able to get to republic city easier <laughs> like anything <laughs>
0: like that they were ter- they're like the ultimate like message is like we need to build bullet trains to make ac- like it's fast travel that needs to be easier for everyone but no i agree like there's a line course as to tenzin um which we can definitely get more into that conversation but when she's like I don't. Can you imagine Aang and Zuko like knowing that in the future there would be a spirit portal in the middle of Republic City? They'd probably be like, "What is a spirit portal?" <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. fully,
1: exactly. I, I mean, like, I, what was I? I had something else that I wanted to say. I'm flipping, flipping my mind, but I. You know, I, all this to say, I did cry
0: watching the last two minutes of that. episode. <laughs> it um, is still very emotional. It's very effective. Um, I just but don't it- think that it,
1: it contextually is the same thing anymore. If you weren't there in 2013 watching, or 20, whatever, watching this, like, this is such a major moment for, like, fandoms and, like, cartoon kids cartoons especially like kids tv shows like for them to even be implying in this way that they're in a relationship and then the next day the creators are like they are together
0: yeah it is again but that again plays into my whole like i think about cora more so about like the outside stuff the context of it all than i Mm -hmm. do about the show itself and i agree that still really works for me i think that aspect of it honestly has a still aged well for me. I know some people disagree with that. I know some people still say it's like, it wasn't enough, but it is again, a decade on looking back. <laughs> it's like, that was huge. I don't think bubbling had even happened yet officially on adventure time, or it was like maybe around the same time, but it was like the, we like Steven universe had just like started if it yeah. has. Yeah. It was like, we just take a lot for granted in terms of like, representation especially in like animation um and i feel like this was huge and it still feels huge to me i think that is such a beautiful little moment it feels very intimate in a lot of ways and it feels so sweet just the way asami's like i'm just like fucking exhausted my dad's dead i am really going through it and cora's like me too i'm tired let's just like go on vacation like it's 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 a really cute little moment i think that still really works for me and i forgot about the like mako kind of fake out they try to do well i kind of look for that it's a little trolly um but again it is weird to me that mako and Cora get resolution or some kind of stinger and bolin does not because bolin and Cora feel like they had a better relationship throughout the entire show so it's like i don't know weird I
1: also the mako fake up thing is very funny and and it's funny it's I love this this this, this sequence of conversations in the in the at the end because it's like core and Mako and you're like okay I guess they're gonna get back together whatever but it doesn't really end in that way and Mako's like I'll be your warrior like I'm on your side blah 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 then it cuts to core intensive and, and you're like this makes sense like they've been the men they've been the central relationship this whole show let's end on them this is good Cora Cora ha- is excited to live again she wants to learn and experience more things and you're like great she went through this entire depressive arc and she's come out on the other side of it beautiful and then asami interrupts and it you that is the moment where like the chills start going over your body and you're like mm-hmm. oh my god this is like actually gonna happen years years of watching the show you're like this was worth it
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. i yeah it's like how do i explain this to someone who wasn't there like this was something even from i feel like we talked about it before even book one people were like Kurosami, like they were thinking about it obviously in it from i don't want to say jokey i feel like that really like undersells it, it was more of a like wouldn't that be amazing if, like, this is how this whole thing wraps up, because this idea of, like, oh, these two women in a love triangle with, like, the broody man, like, yawn, boring, seen it before, like, wouldn't it be great if the two women got together? Like, that was sort of the... the I guess that part of it was kind of a joke, uh, but it was, like, very serious. Like, people were, like, invested in the kurosami of it all, and I think in Book 4 especially, it really started to ramp up in a lot of ways, and there was also this, like... Makora contingent still out there that created it. There's like a perfect storm of like people were so hyped up for like korasami to be real and for it to like actually happen. Is like, I don't know how to explain to people how insane that felt at the time.
1: Yeah. And I think that people look back and think that it like people just maybe started, I don't know if making it up is it or like only started noticing it in like season three or something. But no, like, when when they did the episode where Korra like goes to Asami's house and they do the go-karts and like the swimming pool and all that stuff, like that was something like, people were excited for that because we were already on board. Like we we yes. already wanted to them to be friends and then like get together. It, it it's not something that came together in the last minute for the fandom. I will say the show did a pretty terrible job of building into it and i kind of agree with people who say that there's not enough there to like yeah. actually have this res- resolve in a way that like actually satisfies because they basically don't talk at all <laughs> for <laughs> the entire season essentially until this moment because asami doesn't have a plotline. we've talked about it in basically every episode of this podcast um since like it just feels like she didn't do anything at all this season uh which sucks.
0: Yeah, it feels like they are like banking on you having book 3 in your brain because I feel like Corin Asami did have a lot going on in book 3. They had a lot of like individual moments together. And obviously in book 4 we do get the like letter writing of it all. Um but it is like they're kind of just like okay, well we assume that you like have seen book 3 and so you can kind of accept that this is going to happen um without actually like putting in more effort. Um, and I don't know if it's like it's almost like this season makes me think was the voice cast not as available this time <laughs> because I mean and I mean that very genuinely because it's like they really like a lot of people just disappear out of the season constantly it's like I don't know like was it genuinely just like a scheduling thing or did they write it this way to be like yep this everyone's just kind of off doing their own thing for most of the season and they all are gonna converge back together to take down a giant robot It's like I I, don't know. <laughs> I also don't know, I'm
1: looking over like the little summary I wrote up and now I'm just, I'm looking back at the part where Mako tried, like the Mako Bolin self-sacrifice thing, I kind of think doesn't really is it doesn't earn it's uh, earn it's space it Does and, not like, scan at the, all the Bolin part where he's like i already know you're awesome like you're awesome okay you don't have to blah 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 that comes out of nowhere like that was like what was i supposed to know that Bolin? is worried about living in his brother's shadow for some
0: reason (laughs) like that hasn't been a plot line at all never like bolin if anything mako should be worried about the opposite (laughs) like um yeah i feel like honestly a more interesting take on this would have been bolin trying to do the self-sacrifice and mako kind of realizing that his little brother who he's like he basically raised is like has outgrown him and is even willing to like do the big hero thing for him like that is maybe a more interesting idea to approach than like mako like trying to yeah off himself and also potentially off everyone in the robot i was confused by this plan like if this is like a nuke you're just gonna like fire it off in the middle of the city like i didn't understand that and then one does go off in the middle of the city and supposedly it's all okay <laughs> we get a funny little shot of everyone like hiding in corners and stuff like okay i guess they're fine Ugh. i know that the gun
1: flung away but kuvir runs there very easily despite being injured so it has to be close and the explosion is so fucking big it nobody dying in this episode is stupid like sue or lynn should have died or mako or bolin should have died like one of someone had to die (laughs) yeah i I know that mr sato died last episode but that's meaningless and (laughs) so i think that there could have been some character death here and it would have been okay
0: yeah i just it's strange i don't know i again i feel like we've spent this whole show like rewriting it for them but it's like i don't know what they were thinking I don't know what the thought process was it almost feels like they just were like I, we have to wrap this up somehow and i i don't know a lot of it feels like the studio must have been like breathing down their necks or something because Cora can't even say like kill in this episode she says like Kuvira almost destroyed me last time we fought i was like what i thought we were fine with saying like kill and die for a little bit i guess not anymore i don't know the previously on said mr sato paid the ultimate price or something like that (laughs) oh god i I, oh i've been skipping those so i didn't even remember that that was a thing that's so funny (laughs) yeah
1: i i I wish that the uh, ginora disappeared in this uh, in this season which is sad because the season three finale this season three is like perfect for her and so then that she just kind of like falls to the wayside which sucks
0: I know she does. She even do anything in this episode? She's like looking for someone. She gives like a forlorn look at one point. <laughs> the Tenzin and the air babies like are want are hide in a
1: hallway to avoid the like explosion of the spirit bomb. Right.
0: Oh, I think uh, so. They're like looking for Korra. I think, oh yeah, for like five seconds. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Korra and Kuvira
1: disappear, and and then but like Kuvira's soldiers are still in these mechs and have stopped the assault because Kuvira like disappeared. I like.
0: Yeah, w- I guess they saw the robot fall and were like, okay. And I do. mean, a gigantic explosion did
1: happen, and so maybe that stopped the fighting, but it's just kind of... Kuvira gives up and then nobody... There's, there's, this is the issue where they just decide that when the like head of the evil organization is ended all of the people who were working for her were tricked and are actually good people who would never do a single evil thing if it weren't for this person in charge
0: i know it's very video game logic like i said last week it's like okay defeat the boss and everyone's i guess just done
1: (laughs) i also think kubira didn't have enough have any like Cool generals or anything, but all Sue Lin, Bo Lin, and Mako all fight these faceless people we've never seen before. Where like Zahir had his like team, and Aman had the guy with the mustache and the lightning bolt, like the lightning rod or whatever. Anyway, it's fine. I, I you know I could I I could and have talked about every single episode of this show and said where they made mistakes and could have done a better job. Um, you know, it, I'm glad to have rewatched it in this way to have a fully realized opinion on on the show. Um, you know, I'll never make the mistake of recommending someone watch Book Four ever again.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do we have any other thoughts on this finale? I
1: think that uh, the Wu stepping down thing is very interesting. And I would have watched the season of that. I think
0: that's cool. I'm yeah, I'm right there with you. And I, um yeah, I wish almost wish Wu had more going on here. I mean, he had to, did have the great badger mole moment, um, but and he did have the nice suggestion of like democracy at the end. But then it's like their core is just like we'll make that happen. <laughs> it's like okay, like in
1: the Avatar finale, they talk about. Aang and Zuko together, bringing the world together forward. It's not like every single issue. It's not like the world like has stopped after the Avatar finale. So like I like that they talk about what the plans are moving forward. And I think that Wu ultimately has one of the better character arcs of the season.
0: You <laughs> know, which is sad to think about. I feel like they put more effort into Wu than like the recurring cast. So it's way more. Yeah, which is sad. I get it. He's, like, a very fun, interesting character. But I almost feel like he fills the same sort of niche as, like, Varric. This sort of, like, wackadoo, like, very, like, capital-C cartoon character. Um, Which, speaking of which, how do we feel about the Varric-Julie wedding as the final sort of moment of the season? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's certainly not Zuko getting coronated as the final lord. (laughs) Mm, It's
0: no, not at all,
1: I don't really know that they at this point when they're trying to wrap up the show i don't know that there's really another thing that could have been the ceremony that everyone is together for i think junora getting her tattoos is like would have been an amazing (laughs) final ceremony for the show uh but like i just nothing is even coming to mind of like something that it could have been other than this and so i'm like sure
0: Right, I agree. I almost, hmm, I'm not sure. Yeah, this just feels like big party to end the thing. I get it. They want to do something that's, like, nice, that feels, it's like a feel-good moment. I just, I don't know. I almost feel like Cora deserves something else. I feel like something a little more grounded would have been nice.
1: Here's what it should have been, and I know I just said I couldn't think of anything, but this is what it is it's Wu's coordination and we see him not be coordinated and he steps down and he's like here's what we're actually going to do and talks about his plan to turn the earth king- kingdom into states
0: yes oh my god that's like way better way more interesting and a great parallel to the avatar finale and speaks to like the actual like plot of the whole season which was the idea of the reunification of the earth kingdom and like maybe we'd get to see old Zuko again who has not done anything about anything that's going on in the world. Like I just feel, yeah, that just feels a lot better to me. I think for some, for whatever reason, they just had this idea of like a wedding as the final thing. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean I guess the coronation would have been in Ba Sing Se, and so they couldn't then
0: like Manka, Korra and Asami couldn't then walk into the spirit portal. Or like, almost what about like an emergency meeting the city is destroyed like why not like we're in like the rubble of that old building where that they used to have the meetings in and it's like everyone's gathered here and we're like well what the fuck are we supposed to do now because kuvira was kind of like going to take over the earth kingdom and we were like kind of okay with that so what are we gonna do now and then we can have the whole like a speech from Wu, like yeah, I could be king. I feel like I could be good at it, but the Earth Kingdom doesn't deserve that. That's some resolution for Kuvira, too, there, where Kuvira can, like, okay, at least I know it's not in the hands of someone, like, some, like, goofy little guy. Like, people are going to actually have some autonomy over themselves in this place that I love so much. Um, That feels, like, more true to what they were, like, building towards this whole finale. Not, like, a wedding. That feels a little trite. (laughs)
1: the wedding of characters who i mean actually it's kind of perfect for the ultimate resolution of the show but characters who didn't really have romantic tension until like two episodes ago
0: (laughs) yeah it's just kind of like a funny beat like he he like these characters who have like a very specific zany relationship are together and isn't it cute how their vows like play into their little quirky behaviors like i know it is weird that like i i guess it is just part of how like the sort of like setting now but it's like it's weird that it's like she's in like a western like bridal outfit that is kind of weird and there's like an (laughs) official like it's like what i thought they kind of lost me a little there in terms of like this is supposed to be a sort of like pan-asian like fantasy world why are we doing like a white veil and uh it just felt like out of nowhere a little for me in terms of like visually like would have loved like i feel like there was in avatar they like so lovingly went out of their way to, to depict like a lot of like aspects of asian culture that do differ from maybe what the western audience watching this is familiar with like how in the like uh, Fire Lord Azulon's uh, funeral, they're wearing white instead of black because in Asian culture, like a lot of Asian cultures, white is representative of death more than black is. So it's like, where was that here? It felt a little off for me in that regard.
1: I did not clock, but I guess I don't really know what all the other cultures' weddings can look like. I'm just not familiar enough to like have thought about it in that way, but I think that's a good point. I I loved everyone else's outfits in this last heat, <laughs> Like, Korra looks so good. Asami looks amazing. Everyone looks nice.
0: I agree. Very snazzy outfits all around. It's just it's a little, it's it weird. It just it speaks to a lot of what I feel like Korra lost. Like, the transition from Avatar to Korra, it felt like, okay, we're gonna imagine this world in the 1920s, but they couldn't really f- figure out how to do that without sort of speaking to the real world situation which was that a lot of like western culture was encroaching in on like asian cultures or it's like they couldn't really find a way to like extrapolate on their own world they had to look at like real world what was going on in asian countries in the 1920s the the, like the industrial revolution and a lot of western influence was going on there so it's like i i i don't know there's a lot about Korra that feels very messy core of the show not the Character, famously unmessy Kor- Avatar Korra. Um, that's like, I hope that they can look back at what Avatar did and get back to that kind of place for whatever future projects they decide to do. But there are aspects of Korra that I do really love that I hope they also bring forward. I hope they learned a lot from Korra in terms of like representation. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. It's like uh, this whole finale made me th- keep thinking a lot about like, well, what are they going to do next? Instead of like, really being in the moment of what I was watching.
1: Well, I compl- I agree with everything you said. It's a, yeah, <laughs> it's funny we're talking about how in the real world this all happened. The, like their their cult, there was a cl- injection of Western culture into like these cultures. But in this world, where did those where yeah? Where did, did that the Western come culture come from?
0: <laughs> yeah, which it's like I understand that it's like that's a big ask. Is like think about what would the world be like without colonialism to these like two white guys who went to like RISD. Like I understand that's a big ask. In like, and we're talking about this in 2023, so that's obviously gonna change the conversation. But it's like I don't know. It's just something that I was thinking about watching this episode, and I. I am optimistic for future endeavors, um, but also, like, I don't know, Korra has, <laughs> I'm like, well, we'll see. I'm not going to be as, like, yes. I feel like going into Korra after Avatar, we are all, like, yes, more of this. And then I feel like after Korra, we've kind of learned that are these guys, again, these two white guys from RISD, they didn't maybe have it all figured out, and that's okay. I think they realized that by the end of the show. And so I'm just, like, very curious to see what happens next.
1: I'm also curious. We know that while you were talking about, you were hoping that they would go back to Avatar and learn from what they did in the original show. And it sounds like that's what they're trying for the first film. They are doing an adult gang film.
0: (laughs) Which doesn't feel like they're learning. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they have figured some stuff out. Like I said before, I almost would, I would love if they just skip forward a couple cycles, just like, let's do a few full rotations of the Avatar cycle, get to a place where maybe it's, like, hyper futuristic, or we've, like, circled back around almost. I would love to see them go back to their original idea for Avatar, which was this, which was originally Aang was gonna be from, like, a really futuristic society, go, like, it's into this stasis for a thousand years, comes out, and it's, like, we've regressed back to a sort of, like, pastoral, like, society. Like, I think there's something there. I think Avatar works best, and I think Core kind of proved that, when it is a sort of adventure show. And there aren't as many, like, societal rules to think about. There aren't as many skyscrapers to watch out for. (laughs) Like, I think that's, I don't know, that's my takeaway from this, and maybe they'll surprise me, and maybe they can make it work in a, like, let's jump forward to the 90s, 2000s, which... I'm also down for it. Let's just see. Let's ride this out. But I would love, I'd love them to maybe the I don't know get a little more creative with it.
1: I'll watch whatever they put out. But, yes. <laughs> you know, I I agree with what you're saying. Like after Avatar, we were like, hell yeah, these guys can do anything. And now after Core, I'm like,
0: I will watch it and you know we will decide. I, I will I will think about it. i know but i mean honestly is probably a better place for them to be in i think it's all i mean but uh, again i'm thinking about this in like a larger context of like we were just little kids who watched this thing which was pretty undeniably lightning in a bottle and then we watched that we grew up and the the veil was lifted a little and we were like oh these are like just like guys especially because they were like both on tumblr so it was like, these are people like in the real world that we can actually like address our concerns to. It wasn't so much like this was this beautiful thing that just like descended from the heavens onto our television screens for a little. Um, and now I'm like, okay, we're all like uh, in our thirties, like, and we're going to be looking at it from that lens. I hope that they can like sort of match that progression themselves. I hope they've grown a lot in a decade. Um and i hope they have a writer's room that is my take
1: (laughs) i'm with you on all points uh you know i think that's all my that's all my thoughts i i'm excited to see what we do next as well yes Uh, i agree by the end of survivor 45 i don't think a new avatar project will have come out that we will be discussing
0: yeah i guess we'll keep our eyes on that one twitter account that like just drops avatar news sometimes <laughs> that i guess is official um we'll see i, I yeah i do you have any other big Quora avatar thoughts that you want to get out before we say bye bye for now you know i'm
1: sure 10 minutes after i log off i'll be like oh i meant to talk about this whole thing but for right now i think i've left it all out on the dance floor yes I, you know, if you want to hear my in-depth Cora thoughts, there's... They happened. There's about 60
0: hour long podcasts for you to listen to again. So that's that's what I think. How about you? Agreed. I think we, like I said, we kind of put it all out there. I wasn't sure what this was going to look like when we first started talking about Cora. I feel like we had, we had fun some tears were shed <laughs> some resolutions were tested um but you made it and i made it and i am yes we are going to talk about something next that i hope will be will inspire less rewriting and inspire more uh, thoughtful discussion about you know what's, <laughs> what's happening i feel like it was like so cora is really hard to divorce from like all of those feelings and emotions that were going on at the time as as me as an individual and as a fandom um and i'm excited i'm glad thank you for everyone who listened along with us i'm sure if you like love cora to death uh, this is probably not the best thing to listen to us complain about every week but i i would say i had fun so the cora
1: lovers had their day in the sun when we were discussing book three (laughs) and otherwise you know i think it's good to hear uh dissenting opinions on things you enjoy
0: yeah you're (laughs) welcome for that um yeah so the next time you'll hear us we'll be doing a cast assessment christine will be back in the fold
1: Mm -hmm. we'll be talking
0: through the survivor 45ers um maybe we'll discuss some uh, controversy that's already happening with the casting of it all (laughs) hopefully not because it's really dumb but maybe we will
1: (laughs) i did not mean to be a part of this and not but no
0: you honestly are the most you tweeted the most level-headed thing um, in the thread which was i don't understand what's (laughs) happening and i i just I hope that everybody who sees the
1: thread see it, but it's just the issue is that everybody's replying to that tweet, and so I know it's we get scatter shot. it's like I I just truly really didn't know what the what the, well, issue, what the was. issue was.
0: Still don't quite understand what the issue. I I already sent you what I think is the most bird-brained idea that in response to it of like. <laughs> The grand cons- <laughs> it is. It is bird there's
1: a- <laughs> I feel like that's very like it's not SpongeBob because it says something like
0: a squid brain, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's it is very kid's cartoon to say bird brain to me. I mean, how appropriate, but I it's like, yeah, there's not a grand conspiracy, folks. I'm sorry to tell you that, that there's well, not. I'm sure I think we'll.
1: I think we'll get into all of our
0: multifaceted opinion on Survivor casting and Survivor casting coaching, you know, in a week's time. Yes, you will. You'll get to hear all of that on Survivor 45. But for now, Sam, plug away. Let the people know where to find you for all, maybe the people who only have listened to our core coverage. Let them know where to find you one last time.
1: Yes. Well, as Derek said, and I said, we will be returning for Survivor Forty Five very shortly. Um, but you can also follow my other podcast, Buffy Boyfriends, talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, um, you know, I would say that Cora is in the in the generational line of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think there's a lot of DNA shared. Uh, so I think you'd like if you're looking for shows that you can discuss about the what was going on in the production and the problematic choices the writers made, and but also deep characters. Uh, that's that's a, it's a show for you. Uh, and you can follow me at Sam Stanish. Also, yes.
0: Um, follow me at Raindearx on Twitter. Follow us, Bitterger's Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Follow the Shadowplay Gaze. We just dropped what I would say was a really excellent episode about sailor uranus and sailor neptune we talked about three episodes of sailor moon that i had never seen before um i'm uh, i've only delved into the first two seasons of sailor moon loved it just lost my attention span um but great episode go listen to that listen to Stanima with christine we're coming up on the tail end of that Listen to all of our good stuff. We have a huge backlog at this point which is wild to think about. We started this little thingy in 2020 and here we are 3 years later still going strong. Um thank you all so much for listening. I hope you got something out of this Cora listening if nothing else than hearing our beautiful voices every week. So true. Yeah. Bye.
1: Later.